1: There is a place, and there is a race. To prepare for the race, you need to be in the right place. I have given you my grace. It encircles you. It covers you. It fills you. My grace is sufficient for you and your race.
2: Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Keep on laughing, keep on
1: smiling. You may have your seat. Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm doing announcements, right? Is that the next thing? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate the powerful manifestation of the presence of God. Hallelujah. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Hallelujah. (laughs) There is no limit on joy. No limit on your expression of joy. What we need to do is express joy. (laughs) Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes, okay, announcements, announcements, announcements. Today, women, we have our book club starting, yes, for the fall quarter. Come on out, whether you thought of coming or not, just decide now, I'm going to stay. (laughs) Come, we'll meet over here around 1230 to 2 o'clock. We always end at 2, so you can plan your day. We are going to be discussing Dr. Fiona's latest book, Limited. Removing, I'm all ready for the limitless life. And that's the last line. (laughs) It's removing blind spots for a limitless life. Yes. So ladies, stay for that. And that's every third Sunday after service for the fall quarter. And in September, we are in September. Okay, September, 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 we are celebrating 21 years of Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona being pastors of Victory Christian Fellowship. So next Sunday, plan on staying afterwards to celebrate with us and with them. Bring something to bless them with. It doesn't have to fit inside the doors. Okay? Like limitless. We're thinking limitless could be out there in the parking lot. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Think big. 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 Think bigger. Bigger, bigger. Ask God to expand our thinking, our asking, and our imagination. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. That's... Oh, wait. One more thing. In September, bless the children home in Guyana, South America. Dr. Fiona is the director is that the proper term the what are you called she's the president of blessed children home and they are celebrating 15 years (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) this is an example of someone who thought bigger her mom and dad started the orphanage when her mom received an inheritance of land correct and she had a dream it was about the time they were going to retire, but they refired, <laughs> and they are investing in a whole generation and a whole country that is touching the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some of us are going to start foundations. We're going to start things like that. That's thinking bigger. Woohoo. <laughs> So we celebrate in the goodness of the Lord for that 15th year anniversary and consider a special gift, a blessing, bless the children at bless the children home because they are blessed children. Amen. Okay. That's September. Okay. And this week I say, okay, a lot. I'm just trying to connect my thoughts here. <laughs> I even have prompts. Okay, this week, I have to like, maybe I need speech, te- speech teaching or something. <laughs> See, it just went through my head, but I didn't say it with my mouth. <laughs> this week starts ba- a Bible adventure. That's kids. 3rd, 4th, and 5th grade from Northside Elementary and Forge Elementary in Palmyra They come here for an hour of Bible learning. They praise the Lord. And they have a fun time. So if you are interested in participating in any way, you can call the church office or Miss Chris Frenchek and she will let you know how you can help. If you haven't been Interested. Ask the Lord to help you become interested. Because investing in children is pr- its just like a treasure. It's a prized treasure. And if you're not able to be here during that time, which is uh, Thursdays from 12, 1230 to about 230. Is that correct? Yes. And you could just do for part of the time. Or Miss Chris has ways that you can be a blessing from off campus, so to speak. She has ways that you can help. Okay? So consider participating one week or every week. We do need substitutes because some of the regular volunteers can't be here every week. And so to have a substitute list would be a huge blessing to Miss Chris so she would know who she could call to help minister a smile joy to jesus i mean for jesus to these children okay and then october we have to talk about october october is our first ever inheritance family conference okay october is our first ever inheritance family conference <laughs> we got stirred up stirred up all right so there are sign sign up sheets in the back to sign up to attend and sign up to volunteer and sign up to donate so we have lots of planting available for you <laughs> and i'm finished with announcements god bless you
3: i wonder are the men having uh barnabas in september i believe they are so plan on the last uh saturday i think they start 8 30 for the barnabas the men all right Now let's do our confession before I start talking because I'll start preaching right away. So let's just get the confession done. We do a confession here. If you're visiting, welcome. Um, We like the word of God in this house because it's God's house, so his word should be the most words we hear, amen? And since we hear all kinds of words all week, it's good to have a confession from the word. So we're going to... ...do our confession this morning. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. 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 That's truth, isn't it? I'm bringing out Pastor Doug's big Bible. Look at that. It's got tiny prints, but it's still... (laughs) So, anyway, this is offering time. I'm supposed to talk about offering now, and you know my take on offering. Um, You give or you don't give, you know, that's your choice. (laughs) But this is God's house, and this is one of the designated locations that God has designed his house, uh, his storehouse, to have offerings be brought. Amen? So, we believe in the tithe here, we believe in tithing and offering. Malachi 3 talks about the tithe and the offering. So to be obedient to God, you just don't give the tithe. You also give an offering above the tithe. I always tell people a good place to start, if you're just barely able to do off, uh tithe because you're new at this, you haven't been trained up in it, do the tithe and give a dollar extra. Give 50 cent extra. It doesn't matter. Give a little bit over the tithe so you get into the offering realm. Amen? And whatever realm you choose to get into... God always builds it up for you, but you have to make the first step. You have to choose to do it. God's right there with us. Amen? I've been tithing since, I think, my mother's womb. So, <laughs> I don't know how I would live without a tithing. I, I'm just tied to the tithe, and I don't see it as a religious due, due, duty, duty or act. I see it as a privilege and an honor to have investment in the greatest kingdom on the planet. Amen? And God has designed these things for a purpose and a plan, and He works it all out for our benefit every time. Every single time. It didn't matter where I lived growing up, where we lived growing up, we were always ahead. I don't know how my parents did it. We grew up in third world country. We always had more. We, we are always giving to people, always, 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 always. When my dad would come over here and spend his entire summer to preach, and to travel the U.S., he would just travel and preach all summer long. We never had our dad. We had our mom. That was it. And, <laughs> I mean, she carried on to church and everything. But people would uh, meet my dad and really um, respect what he did and respect the call of God in his life. And so they would send us, as his family, these, these preachers and people in the congregation would mail us boxes of clothing and toys and all this stuff. And uh, when when did they come in, we're all excited, Grace and I, and you know, we'd be so excited for all these beautiful clothing we got and everything else. We'd go to school the next day and we'd come home and my mom would have taken the best of all the clothes that came in and give it away. And she would give it away to some of my cousins and they would mock us that we didn't have as nice clothes as they did. And they were wearing our clothes. I'd be like what? But anyway, but this is what I say. I have never ran out of clothes my entire life because my mama sewed all my clothes when I was little. <laughs> I have a perpetual reaping of clothing for the rest of my life. And she gave the best. So people always give me the best things too, because she gave our best clothing. Look, that stage is over. You know, I, I got through it. <laughs> but my point is sometimes you think and you have to hold on to this stuff because you don't know what will happen i we know what will happen you release it into god's hands he knows how to he knows how to make the most out of it into your future even and your children's future amen and your and your grandkids future so you can give it any time the podium is to the right or in the back if you're online you can uh, give online on our website and um we thank you for doing that. I do notice uh, some people have started um, doing a monthly donation, a recurring donation monthly to our Commission Club. And I think that's a great idea. So if you, uh, if you give through PayPal on our website, through PayPal, PayPal will ask you, do you want to make this a recurring uh, gift? And you click that box, and every month at that date, it'll just give that same amount towards whatever you pick. So that's something that you can think about, the Commission Club, because we're not going to stop traveling the world and preaching the gospel. Amen? And this is a great way for you to, to participate as well. Well, I think that was a good message on offering, right? You understand? We, we all have a good understanding of what's happening. Amen? Are we ready for kids' life today? kids living in faith every day come on kids are you ready all right off we go (laughs) all right I like when I hear kids talking in church It brings a little life to the atmosphere yeah people should hear online too that means we got a church that's got every age in it (laughs) we're not we don't have the last crop (laughs) we got incoming new harvest coming in amen Amen. (laughs) Uh, i'm so excited i was waiting till he left (laughs) (laughs) when you're a preacher's kid all the stories about the the, the preachers preach is about the kids Uh, (laughs) just i invited a brand new friend today to church has never been in church a day in his life this still happens in our community folks it reminds me. I mean, a lot of the Bible Adventure kids that come, some of them have never been to church. Some of them never heard the name Jesus. So this stuff that we're doing here is not just a format, a formality, or a program. We're, we're we are casting nets and pulling in harvests. Amen. So your mouth is a net. It's good sometimes if you cast it out there, pull in some harvest. I just admire Josiah for his. He thinks church is the best thing ever. Like. He thinks this church is the elite of the elite. <laughs> and he presents it that way. So when he invites a friend to church, he, he's like telling them, you're going you're gonna to like this. Because yeah, they're like, We've never, we, oh, you're going to like it. We had to explain tongues the other day. On Wednesday night, you know, I decided to pray in tongues over everybody. Well, I forgot there was a newbie. <laughs> Been in church his whole life, never heard tongues. So we explained it to him. But he did feel, he said that was the first time he ever felt God. When I put my hands and prayed over him, he said, I never felt him before. Now I felt him though, I felt him. That to me is a testimony, amen? And so this is what we are here to do. We are here, we're not here to like, you gotta come to church. Yes, you gotta come to church. But why do you have to come to church? You come to church to build your relationship with God. And the way we build our relationship with God is our relationship with each other. We're all part of a family. Amen. And this is what we do. So before I get into today's message, I have to say something about our woven meeting on Friday. I know the men weren't there because you're not allowed to be there. But (laughs) you could watch it online, though. You can watch it online to see what I'm telling the women. And here is what is going to be happening in this church from now on, from Friday to forever. Is in this church, we're going to have the best marriages the earth has ever seen. And we're going to have the best families that the world has ever seen. And we're going to be an example that people are going to write about of what to do. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm saying. If you want to pick up on it, so be it. If you don't, you're going to just sit there and be jealous of everybody else having a great time. And so on Friday, we talked about, uh, I want you to turn to this for a minute. I want you to turn to this. This is not part of my message today, but I think it would be worth everybody's time to just take a look. Proverbs chapter 14. And this is my last, you know, preaching to you, so I got to get it all in. What time is it? We're doing good on time here. I actually ended woven early and everybody was shocked because I thought I was late. Nobody said anything, though. They were like, "Okay." (laughs) Proverbs chapter 14 and. uh, And verse one, check this out. Every wise woman. This is the Amplified, by the way. Every wise woman builds her house but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Foolishness is uh, tearing down with hands is the equivalent of saying uh, your actions, okay? So you can take action with your hands or with your mouth, but it's still an action. You ever hear the movie, they go, action. They say it with the mouth, right? But every wise woman, not every wise wife, every wise woman. So women were designed To build things. So I taught the women this. The man just has to say this word about the house. And the woman goes and starts to build it. I gave the example. The man provides one seed. He sends billions, but we only need one. And the woman does the rest in the womb. Her body does the rest. This is how we were designed. We can't separate that. The, the world is trying to separate it. In the church, we have to keep it in its right place. Yes. Do you know how much authority and how much power you have women to build something? Yes. And you need to start taking it seriously and being responsible for it. So this is how we're going to start having houses that look so good that people are going to come interviewing you to ask you what you did. Yes. And every wise woman. So women, start reading Proverbs and James chapter 1 and start looking up wisdom. What do wise people do? This is, your, this is your instruction. Men, you start looking at how did kings give commands. You're not going to command your wife around, but you're going to command the atmosphere. In our house, we want this. Now make sure you're listening to God first because you don't bring in no evil in there because the wise woman's going to send it to the trash. Okay? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about this because I'm going to see my husband today after 21 days or however long it's been. (laughs) I thought it would be good to give a little, you know what I'm saying. But I'm on target. I'm not distracted in any way whatsoever. (laughs) Pastor Doug is currently on a plane right now. He is doing the 14-hour journey. So he, he's landing at 3.30. So count 14 hours back from that. That's how long he's been traveling for the second leg. I think the first leg was, long, was a shorter, but whatever. He's been traveling since yesterday. So <laughs> um, because he is now going back in time. He was ahead of time there, and now he's coming back in time. So you know how that works, right? But we are here to get the word of God today. It's going to change your life. It's going to give you perspective. You're going to get some tools that you are going to use against the enemy. Amen? So let's go to, um, well, here's the title of my message, first of all. <laughs> how to move with the anointing inside of you how to move with the anointing inside of you you know when you play chess if anybody plays chess or checkered there are certain strategies and certain moves that you make to, to cause checkmate right or to win the game well the anointing in you was designed to do that against the enemy but you got to know how to move amen so let's go to Isaiah ten we're going to start with that verse Isaiah, Jeremiah, da-da-da-da-da, you know the song? (laughs) Bible Adventure song. Let me tell you, Bible Adventure, we've been doing it now 10 years, maybe more. Oh, more because I was not pregnant with Josiah. We've been doing Bible Adventure before Josiah was ever born. And he is eleven. And I stopped helping with it after he was born because I realized it's a joke for me to try to do all that. Plus, take care of a newborn. It ain't going to work. So I kind of released myself from being fully participating. And Pastor Doug continued. But it was even before I was pregnant with Josiah. So this has been a long time, like 12 years, maybe 13 years we've been doing Bible Adventure. So imagine how many kids have been saved through Bible Adventure being right here in this building amen so isaiah ten twenty seven, and uh i'm sure it's up there already i'm still trying to find it it's okay there we go and it shall be in that day that the burden of the assyrian shall depart from you your shoulders and his yoke from your neck the yoke shall be destroyed because of fatness which prevents from going around your neck let's go to the king james and you'll see what that word is talking about the word fatness i'm bringing this to your remembrance but you already know it so but i'm bringing it to your remembrance because we're going to see how do you, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke Uh, from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing okay now in other places it says that the government shall be upon his shoulder the shoulder of Jesus which is us we are make up the shoulder because he is the head so the church has the shoulder in it so those who are called to governmental issues is part of the shoulder of the body of Christ. So when you hear people say, well, you know, the church can be talking about politics. Well, we got the problem. What church are you part of? (laughs) Because the church is the body of Christ. And in that body, there should be somebody that's on the shoulder part. Right? Just like you got somebody on the hands and the legs and the toes and whatever. And the shoulder part is necessary. So if you... Are adverse to the shoulder part of things. Just don't get there because you don't have the anointing for it. It'll just make you frustrated. You'll be mad. You gonna know, watch the news and get all upset. But if you watch the news and go, "Oh, really? That's what your plan is?" Aha! Uh-huh. Now I know what needs to happen. Now you're part of the shoulder. So you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to know how to move with the anointing of the shoulder. You know, the governmental anointing. You know, walk out of here going, Pastor Doug, she taught us about the anointing of the shoulder. Okay. (laughs) So so the anointing of God is designed to destroy yokes. Now, a yoke is something that is referred to as a hooking up to something else. So somebody that has a yoke is not operating on their own. They have somebody else there. Now according to the Bible, these yokes need to be destroyed. Right? So if you have an anointing of God in your life, which we'll examine what those look like, but you are yoked up to the wrong person or place your anointing is only going to be able to make so many moves you're going to be confined to the moves that would complement what you're yoked to first thing is you're not going to be in the right field because if you're plowing yoking and all this stuff has to do with planting and plowing and doing all those actions in a field okay so You could be in the right field, but you're, 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 uh, you're hindered in how much of it and how fast you can go. Or you could be in a completely different field altogether because the other person you're yoked up to is deciding where you go. Right? So there's two types of yoking in your life that you need to look at. You need to decide, am I yoked up to someone who is in my field, but I, I have to, I have to go at their pace. Or are you yoked to someone who is in some other place than you and you're afraid to go where you know you're supposed to be, but because you're yoked up to them, you're kind of like just going along. So that means you have no moves to make. None of the moves you're making are yours. Because first of all, if you're in the wrong field, you weren't given an anointing from God for that field. Okay? But your anointing, you could be in your field, which means you have an anointing to operate there. But if you're yoked to the wrong person, your anointing will be hindered. You see this picture I'm painting for you? Okay. Now, verse 1 of the sermon. If you hear about how I prepare, I have songs. Today's song is called How to Move with the Anointing Inside of You. Let's go to Samuel, First Samuel 15. I want to show you something here in the book of Samuel and verse 15. I'm going to tell you something. I just did that. You heard that? So when I was in grad school, when I was getting my master's, we had to do a communication class. And the communication class was you would be videotaped, right? Back then, you know, they had the video camera. That wasn't digital, I don't think. I don't know. It was old. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you would walk up to the podium, and there would be a jar with, with phrases on the subject matters. You put your hand in the jar. You take out the paper. Whatever subject it was, you would walk right there, and you would start presenting on the subject. You didn't have a heads up of what the subject would be. The teacher would just make random subjects and you'd stand up there and you'd just present. And you had, I think five minutes or something or three minutes or something. So you'd present and the whole point of your presentation was to show you your your automatic things that you do when you're trying to to fill time, when you don't know what to say next, what do you do? Uh, People go ah, 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 ah. But she alerted us to this That people unconsciously do. (laughs) So we're like, no, we don't do that. No, no, none of us did that. No, we don't do that. We, we, ah, 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 we could tell. So we're all trying not to go, ah, ah, ah. And, you know, we're breathing. But all of us went. (laughs) Because what they do too, she'd play back. You just spoke. She would play back for the entire class. And you would sit there as they critiqued your speech. Yes. And so... You got to get feedback in real time and watch all the things you do that she just told you you should not do, which proves you need the class. So now I'm going to tell her, like, it didn't stick because I just did it a... That's just a side note. Pastor Doug brings out jokes. I give you real life things to laugh at about me. So it works. Okay. First Samuel 15 verse 15, I believe I said, or verse 17. And it says, and Samuel said, so Samuel is talking to Saul, okay? Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. There's that word, anointed, okay? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord. But didst fly upon the spoil. And man this, this King James is a lot of dits and dotes. And <laughs> evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel. Yea I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And have brought Agag the king of and Blah blah blah. Okay. Let's go down a little bit. Um, So you know this story, but I'm just bringing it to your attention. The Lord is the one who anointed Saul king. Before Saul was anointed king, he was little in the eyes of everyone, and he saw himself that way. When he became king now, he started to develop something called pride. And pride now is developed uh, through people-pleasing. So the more people are pleased with his actions, the more pride he was developing. Okay? Now, um, okay, so let me show you something here. Verse 22, and Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight... In burnt offerings and sacrifices. As in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold. To obey. Is better than sacrifice. And to hearken. Than the fat of rams. Okay. This is verse 23. For rebellion. Is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness. Is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected thee from being king. Now what did God anoint Samuel to be? King. So what did God just reject him from being? King. Do you see? Do you see what happened in between the anointing and the rejection? It was he altered the instructions that God gave. And that path between anointed and not anointed is based on what you do with an instruction. We have to pray. I forgot to pray. I always pray this. Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you that this atmosphere is yours. The voice of the Holy Spirit is the only voice that has permission to speak here. Every other voice has to be silent in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we will hear something we've never heard, seen something we've never seen, and have revelation knowledge like we've never had before from your throne right here in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, speaking of instructions of following God's instructions. so. <laughs> By the way, I do that, and I've heard many people over the years tell me that while I'm preaching, a voice was trying to tell them that you don't believe what she's saying, right? She's saying crazy. That's not true. That's not what she's saying. No, what she's saying is not right. Yeah, it's happened over and over again, and that's a lie from hell, and it doesn't get to speak when I'm speaking. Amen. Amen. All right, okay. So I just had to put that in there. So what, I'm, what I want to show you is, right? We, we're not done with that passage yet. Um, Because it says that God has rejected Saul from being king. I want you to recognize that the anointing to do something in God's kingdom can only come from God. And that pure anointing is transferred at the instruction of God. But it's not transferred at your own will. Okay? So I will see in the Bible where God gives those instructions, but my point is or 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 it can be requested and you have to make a decision. I'll show you all that. My point is though, the anointing of God, where does it come from? It is from the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the spirit of God. So if somebody is not listening to the voice of God, they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. So so that anointing is hindered. Right? So, So another thing about the anointing is when the anointing comes, as the first scripture we read, the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. So when you want to destroy a yoke, that you're hooked up with, that is ungodly, that is taking you off course, you have to have an anointing come in to destroy that yoke, okay? So I want you to get that in your head so you can see the picture. Um, And so let's go to verse, um, let's look at verse 24, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So when you fear people over God, you jeopardize the anointing that's in your life. But here's something that was coming to Samuel, to Saul. The prophet was sent to Saul to point out these things. Okay, but Saul was covering up why he did it, like he kept giving reasons why he was correct. So, again, he was not teachable, neither was he humble to submit himself. You you know, the difference in Saul and David was when David was 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 approached that he sinned. Right. David immediately submitted to God. You see the difference? Whereas Saul was giving reasons why he did what he did, which is pride, okay? Verse 25, now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. (laughs) And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou has rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rented. He pulled on the prophet's mantle and tore it. A person who is in pride will always speak against and do action against a prophet. Another word for the person in pride, the spirit that a person operates in to be in pride is very close to the Jezebel spirit. Jezebel hates prophets. And so any prophetic voice that enters the atmosphere of a Jezebel, there starts to be a campaign against that person immediately. Immediately. And so you have to know not to yoke up to such a person, because you're pulling your own self down, right? And Sam, this is verse 28. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and had given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Oh! <laughs> Will that make pride just go? Excuse me. <laughs> God knows how to pack a punch. Mm-hmm. You don't mess with God's tools. You don't mess with his oils and his anointing and his way. You don't just think you can get away with it. You know, I laugh. People speak evil about me behind my back, but I know they are. I even know what they're saying. Sometimes the Lord will it to me, but I don't go up to them and say anything. Because the fact that the Lord is showing me means God has set up protection for me. My thing is to not get in pride, not get into offense, not get all those those things that could derail you off your path. My job is to walk in love, listen to the instruction and follow it exactly. Yeah. And a prophet will hear instructions for things that are going to happen. So when they're when they're taking action here, nobody understands why they're doing what they're doing. Because the Lord is setting things up for what is going to be happening there. So that's one of the reasons why people get campaigned to to say that that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Because there's no evidence. But you have to be able to listen to God and listen. The Bible says um, uh, to be blessed is where you listen to the prophets and uh, you listen to something and do his prophets no harm forgot the verse. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but you, harming a prophet is like one of the worst things you could do, honestly. Um, it, there's a lot of worst things you could do, but that is one of them, is, is when you harm a prophetic voice. Because first of all, you know how much guts it takes to tell people what's about to happen and no, there's no evidence. <laughs> there's no evidence. It takes a lot of faith for a prophet to open their mouth and say what they say. And they can't say it all wimpy. God ain't wimpy. So they have to be bold and they say it like it's done. And then when they done, everybody says, they're so proud and arrogant. I can't believe. Well, you know, you ever saw the Old Testament prophets? (laughs) Want to be around with Elijah calling them fire from heaven? Uh, (laughs) Okay. So my point here is Saul was anointed, but he disobeyed the prophet and lost his anointing. Okay. Um I wanted to the the verse after that it says Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. What what verse is that? I lost my place here. Twenty three? Okay, so first Samuel fifteen twenty three. Um and Samuel said, As thy sword has made am I in the right? Has made uh, women childless so shall thy mother be childless no 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 am i in the right no that's 33 sorry i'm like that doesn't make sense okay 23 for rebellion okay here's what i wanted to see okay for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou has rejected the word of god he has also rejected thee from being king okay so this is This is key, rebellion, every time you rebel against God or his order, you're operating in witchcraft. Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So the same consequences of worshiping Satan by doing witchcraft, being a sorcerer, being a witch, white witch, black witch, yellow witch, green witch, I don't know what kind of witch, uh, sandwich, but (laughs) the same... (laughs) The same consequences of doing all those rituals will come to the person that rebels against God and his word at any level. So if something is not working right for you, you are, you are cooperating with a witchcraft spirit. You're, cooper- you're cooperating with a rebellious spirit. You're yoked up to a rebellious spirit and you may not be aware of it so that's why we're preaching this today okay so the funny thing is the lord told me last week that on sunday he told me what my message would be wednesday and sunday i'm like thank you that's 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 good because normally i don't know till the morning of or till the night of so i was very great grateful for that but between wednesday and now they were lots of ministers that preached on the anointing that I watch but I was like the Lord was like don't watch them yet (laughs) I'm like okay (laughs) because what he wanted me to speak on might be a different angle than what they're saying and I don't want to pull their stuff and then think I have to tell you everything that I heard that they say you know what I'm saying so I'm really eager today to listen on the way to picking up Pastor Doug about these anointing messages (laughs) um so, I said all that to say this there's something in the atmosphere that God is setting up concerning his anointing. And we need to pay attention so we can flow in the anointing that he's put inside of us. And we can have it unhindered and uninterrupted by yokes, by rebellion, witchcraft. But you see what I'm saying? Now, here's how you can identify witchcraft. Witchcraft. It would be close to what Peter did to Jesus. That's how close it could be. Remember when Peter pulled Jesus' aside and said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to, this is, stuff isn't going to happen to you. When Jesus was saying, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise," blah, blah, blah. And Peter's like, no, 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 no. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. So witchcraft is always trying to pull you from the assignment that you were given. And there'll be lots of, you know, Cases, why, and all this stuff. But if you're given an assignment and you know, then you need to, part of what gets people in trouble is they hear what God said. They they know what they have to do. But they try to get confirmation from other people. When you do that, you're setting the person up and you're setting yourself up. You don't ask people about things that God asks you to do for confirmation. You ask them maybe for wisdom, like, like for, for, for like brainstorming. Like, I'm going to do this, and I'm thinking of doing it this, and you talk it out. Make sure it's somebody that's also on the same page with God, and they may bring something into the environment and give you some, some insight that would help. You understand what I'm saying? But, but you're not going to ask permission or to have them pray with you to see if this is what God wants you to do. At this point, folks, you should know if God wants you to do something or not. I'm just saying, if you don't, start reading the Bible and start praying more. It'll come. Okay? We're not in kindergarten here. We've been here for a while. Right? So you can hear the voice of God clearly. God's voice does not have static in it that you can't hear it. It's clear. What ends up happening is because we got yokes hooked up on each side, pulling us from this way to that way. We're not sure. whether. By the way, the spirit of fear is the fuel that runs these yokes. Yeah. Well, if I don't do this, if I do that. Blah, 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 blah. I've had to make some decisions that were so bizarre that after I say it, I go, what? <laughs> I'm going to tell Abby's story. She has no idea what story. There's lots of stories to tell about Abby. (laughs) So one day I come to church. I don't remember. Oh, I think I called you up. I don't know what I did. I said, Abby, I need you to sit down for two weeks. I don't want you to play. You're not part of the worship team for two weeks. So I was like, shoot. I don't have anybody else to play either. (laughs) I just did it. That's what the Lord told me to do, and I did it. I'm like, but she didn't do anything. Like, what did she do? Is there some hidden sin I don't know about? You know, I'm thinking... Two weeks. And it was a tough two weeks because we were trying to figure out who could play. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we got this new person we want to try. We're just going to sit Abby down. Well, what I didn't know later, months later, maybe a year later, I don't know how long it was. Yeah. I realized the spirit that was controlling things behind the scenes in Abby's life. And that spirit was wanting to control what we do up there to worship God. I didn't know that. You see how that works? Yeah. I just obeyed God. And I dealt with the blowback. <laughs> because there was some. Not from Abby. <laughs> she was just willing to do whatever. But my point is, sometimes when God asks you to do something, it doesn't make it better in the short run. Yeah. But it's cleaning house somewhere that you're not seeing. Yeah. And God's, you, we have to trust God. Yeah. Don't trust your senses. Don't trust your spidey senses. All those things don't compare to what God is telling you. I wake up in the morning sometimes. One day I woke up a couple weeks ago. I woke up. I decided to call the orphanage. It's a day I never call the orphanage. It was a Wednesday, I believe. Maybe a Tuesday. I don't generally call the orphanage unless, you know, they call me and I know something's going on. I call the orphanage at a certain time and somebody wasn't at work. What I didn't know is that was a normal practice. So we're talking 1130, close to 12 noon. They're not at work yet. They're coming at eight, nine o'clock is when they're supposed to be there. So to me, that's a problem, right? So, I mean, I'm flexible, but like, to me, that's a problem when you know that's what I thought you were doing. So I said, okay, that's interesting. Then all of a sudden I said, you know what? They were resigning anyway because they were leaving the country. But it was for two weeks. So, in the natural, you're think you would think, well, we'll just let them, you know, let's just let them work out their time. They're about to soon leave. But no, all of a sudden I got quickened. They have to leave today. Oh no. Okay. So I had my administrator when they showed up. Call them, give them their pay for the rest of the week. I think this was a Tuesday, so they were paid for the rest of the week because that's how I have it set up. So I just hand them the envelope, and uh, <laughs> and um, they uh, came in, and this was, a, you know, the conversation was said, and they were paid for the rest of the week. Well, there was just one more week left to work, so really they just lost one week of pay. But that wasn't the problem. <laughs> they had organized and set themselves up to take more than a week of pay. And it was so well organized that it would have never been detected. But the Lord caught it. Because I said, I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. I had said that before, that we're going to catch if anything is off right away. Well, we did. So this person had a fit. Right. And it wasn't because they weren't going to get a week's pay. I knew why they had a fit, because I bet you they promised a lot of people stuff that they would look so great. Right. And so, of course, my name um, is evil there. Um, And but God, because I followed God's instruction, now I could care less personally about this person. You know, I would have given them the pay, but the Lord says, no. No, don't. Because normally, if there's somebody that it's something uh, beyond their control, I would allow them to have the two weeks that's left. You know, I would have given them the pay and be like, you know, I hope you find what's right for you and all this. This wasn't a good fit and all that. But when it's something as malicious as what was happening, which here's the thing, I didn't know any of that until after I made the decision and they left the building. Now, let me show you how God works. They left the building. As soon as they left, a car pulls up, or a van, I believe, and brought so much stuff for us. It's one of the biggest donations we received for a long, long, long time. And the staff was sending me pictures of these things. And I said, what is this? Well, somebody just pulled up. Like, we're talking within the hour. Like, like they were behind each other. You know what I'm saying? And after that, so the staff is now finding room for this new inventory and that's when they discovered the hidden treasures that were proper. I don't like to talk about this too much because I don't want people to think like all the kids stuff is getting stolen. Oh no, 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 We we find them fast. But here's the thing. In a den of thieves, you have to find all the treasures you can find and God will show you and he'll weed them out. Right? So, uh, this person is still trying to control things from another country. Here's the thing. The devil will give people the idea that when they see somebody operating in their anointing and their gift, that they could do it too. So he empowers them with witchcraft power which is laden in rebellion and deception and the person thinks that they're up that they're just like the person that they're fought you know who did that you remember the sons of Korah with moses and you remember what god i mean moses was like not wanting some of the stuff that happened to these people but god's like get out of my way boom they got swallowed, like where else, I mean, they got, the earth, this was, a. this was, you know, we got laser beam fires now, but this was a targeted, see how I snuck that in there? This was a targeted, this was a targeted earthquake that happened in front of only their tents. And then the ground closed back up. You see how you don't mess with God's prophets? I'm just warning you guys, because we might be coming to stuff that God's going to start whipping things out, and we got to be careful, okay? So, (laughs) I've had several occasions, and it's usually women, which I find interesting. Uh, The men are behind the scenes having the women do the dirty work. But again, there's that yoking thing, you understand what I'm saying? But there are some women who blatantly, they want to get right beside me and talk about, you know like, but here's what they do. They create problems and then they solve it. That's a narcissist, by the way. Um, but God has trained me well in that field now. Um, OK? Your anointing will grow when you use it properly. If you use it for your own power and your own whoo, I'm so great. All will happen. You understand? Now, you're looking at me and you're thinking, well, that's for like people who preach and teach and the fivefold. No, 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 no. Every single person has a job to do in the body of Christ, and that job carries an anointing. So if you're not, you, if you're not doing something for the body of Christ, that's the first step. Lord, what is my job in the body? And then say, cleanse me from any impurities that hinders the anointing for my job from operating. That's a good prayer to pray. Remember David said, search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. A wicked way is a way against God's way. That's what it is. And that's what you want to find out. When you find those things out, you find the hook with the yoke and and if it's a grown person do it faster they know better (laughs) do you know what I'm saying (laughs) like they've they've come to the age of you know accountability thank you I couldn't remember that word they come to the age of accountability a long time ago (laughs) okay they've been making decisions for a while you guys okay we're just in verse one let's go to chorus one (laughs) (laughs) so what happens when the anointing is taken from someone remember the anointing is an empowerment to do something for god by the holy ghost which means god doesn't have busy work every job that god gives us it's necessary it needs to be done it's not busy work he's not you know what she's new to the group let's just give her something to do (laughs) no it's precise And it's absolutely necessary. So when somebody doesn't operate properly in their position with the anointing, it gets taken away. That's what happens. It gets taken away. That's the short answer. It's found in 1 Samuel 15, 28, which we read. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you God knows how to put things in perspective. Okay. So when the devil thinks that he's going to shut down one anointing from operating, God actually takes it. If the person, if the person surrenders, God will take that anointing and give it to somebody better. You know, who's better is the person who would listen. They're better. Because it's not the physical ability that God look, looks at. His anointing gives you the empowerment to do these things. So he knows the anointing to be king, when it comes upon a person, king wisdom comes to them. This is what the anointing does. That wisdom to be king will come upon them when they have the anointing. You remember the story in Exodus and Numbers when they were building the tabernacles? And the Lord put his spirit, the Lord equipped, he empowered people who were skilled in certain things, but he gave them the anointing to do the things precisely the way he wanted it done, right? So skilled laborers can operate in the anointing of God to do their job. Okay, And you have to be aware of this. Don't go to your job like the regular guy. It's a waste of time. You're wasting time. You could speed everything up when you operate under the anointing. You could speed it all up. Like record time. Record speed. And when something works for you one time with the anointing, you thank God for it and expect an increase. It's yours to keep if you keep it properly, if you keep nurturing that anointing, if you keep thanking God for it, if you keep following the instructions that go with the anointing. You see, there is an anointing for the head of household, for the husband that's head of household. There's actually an anointing for it. Because it's a position that God set up. So when Pastor Doug and I would have our conversations about fitting together. Like 20 years into marriage. 23 years of marriage. We're still fitting together. Um, I said to him one day. You know. There's an anointing for head of household. And that anointing should be picked up by every husband. And that's how a husband will find out what their house is supposed to do every house has a job on this earth and and listen there is no time factor at this point if you're still husband or if or if you were husband and now you're father so now you have kids that are grown and you have grandkids and everything else there is an anointing for that position when a head of household accepts his anointing the wife the children the whole house gets covered by that anointing and when there's a covering that contains the anointing the devil has now the devil has something to contend with otherwise you're just working with each with the person's natural ability This is where uh, women get upset, you know, that their husband isn't the priest of the house and he's not doing this and he's not doing that. But I taught them how to overcome all that. But my point is husbands, if you're a husband and you're listening, there's head of household anointing. There's an anointing to be a wife. And it won't won't contradict a head of household anointing. It will give you empowerment to build. Amen? All right. Are you guys okay? You're not bored? Yeah. I'm trying to get this a layer at a time. Let's go to um, 2 Kings 2, verses 9 to 11. And we're looking at Elijah and Elisha. Um, now, remember, I told you the anointing could be transferred um, and, and it could be pulled. You know, you could pull from the anointing of some. Of someone else, right? And when you pull from that anointing, you benefit from it. But here's... Everything about the anointing is wrapped up in following instructions. Everything about it. So look at, at, at this Second uh, Kings 2, nine eleven. And when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said... I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. which talk, That is about the anointing, okay? He said, you have asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And, and then he kept going. Do you see? So Elijah set the parameters for Elisha. To receive what he asked for. Elisha, did he have opportunity to not do it? I mean, even from Elijah himself. Elijah was like, well, you wait here and I'll go. He goes, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 uh." Let me put you in remembrance of what you said. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So Elisha fulfilled the requirement to receive double that's what he got he got double he saw what god was doing through another prophet and he requested double yes. you could actually ask god for double see there's something different when we ask versus when it's given to us this is my personal opinion and perspective you could do with it what you would like when god gives you something for at the first Right, That's like, to me, a down payment and a starter package. And you could use it, and then you could say, God, I ask you for more. Yeah. And to me now, that indicates that you're in the game. Like you're in this with God, and you're, when you ask for more anointing, you're asking for more responsibility. You're asking to expand your faith. Especially if you're a prophet because God knows what he's going to say next through you. So you better like have your faith up because you're going to say it. Now you're asking for more. You better start opening the mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So now there is this camaraderie concerning the thing that God asked you to do because you are now asking for more of it. Now, if you are proud, and that's why you're asking, because you want to look better, like, Lord, they saw me do this. Give me more, give me more, give me more, so I can do more things, so they can see how great, that's not going to (laughs) happen. As a matter of fact, what you have would most likely be taken away. Okay? So the, the anointing is unlimited in God's kingdom. So it's not like if you ask for more anointing to heal or whatever, that you're taking it away from somebody else because it's from the spirit of god so god is unlimited so that's where it's coming from you understand all right your anointing can be shared for use by others doing the same thing so you could actually share the way to expand what what you operate in is to share it have other people operate in the same thing so here's an example of that in uh, with moses and 70 elders it's found in Numbers chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. You remember when Moses had um, Jethro, his father-in-law, come to visit and saw his operation? He went, dude, like seriously, you're going to wear yourself out. <laughs> you, He's standing there from morning till night listening to everybody's complaints. Could you imagine that? Like, And like she took my chicken and then they took my lamb and then the... Huh? And then he has to give, like, answers to this, like, everything. And the father-in-law, this man is not, uh, this is the father-in-law. But he had some business sense. And he goes, dude, you need to, like, set up some order here. You got to do, this is where delegation, you know, you got to start dishing some of this out. You know, let the little matters go to the tribes and let them solve it within themselves. And then the big things comes to you. So... That's kind of how I do Guyana, you know. It's like, if 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 we got to call Miss Fiona, then, and then they call Miss Fiona. I'm like, okay, honey, tell me what's happening. I'm all calm because they think I'm going to be like raging mad because now we got to call Miss Fiona. Uh, yesterday I had to solve a problem. It took like, I don't know. It didn't take long to solve the problem, but my training after took a while. I, I used it as a training moment. There, A child didn't want to take a bath. And so, and they wouldn't speak and they wouldn't do anything and they have to leave and the child just refuses. And, but the thing that triggered the call to me was the child was going to accuse one of the staff members of beating them, which is my zero tolerance policy. So the staff member was calling me real quick to make sure I know this didn't happen. And so, the problem wasn't taking the bath, the problem was somebody didn't want them to use their socks. And they yelled at them. So they were stuck at the sock. They they had to solve the sock problem before we could do anything else. But these are the profound problems that we solve. (laughs) Which I thought to myself, I said, Lord, I need a plan because I realize that the older kids at the orphanage, okay, they are like big brother, big sister to the younger kids. But I thought to myself, oh my gosh, it's a perpetual influx of younger kids. It's like having siblings that never grow up. So right when the younger ones you've been helping have grown up, there's more that come in. (laughs) And so you are always dealing with younger siblings. This is, I'm thinking, I need to have a plan for this because this is not normal. Like, this isn't a regular house. This isn't how your house is. You know, when the younger kids grow up, at least there's some place where they're like, we can think at least at the same level. But right when we get there, we get new kids in and they're young. So here we go again. <laughs> so the older kids get a little frustrated, you know, when their stuff gets stolen, all, not stolen, borrowed creatively borrowed you know and all this and and they just had it you know after a while they're just like you know what and then and then you got the kid stuck on that anyway that was my little problem I had to solve yesterday it took me two hours because I was training the staff of how to you know that was the issue the issue wasn't we don't want to take a bath the issue was and then I was saying I need you to go take a shower and I realized she has no idea what I'm talking about because we don't call taking a a shower a shower it's bathing, right? You, you go bathe. So I have to change my language. Anyway, it's all right. God's grace is sufficient. Uh, <laughs> so in Numbers chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around about the tent. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and put it upon the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, sounding forth the praises of God and declaring his will. Then they did so no more. So you see how that works. So right in the presence, they got to see how the spirit of God and anointing could be transferred, right? And uh, we know that Joshua stayed back in the glory of god in the presence of the glory of god at the tent when moses would go to meet with god joshua was on the outside and he ended up um becoming the successor to moses's um you know deliverance ministry after moses died you see how god see god this is god's kingdom that we work in so it's not personality based it's god based So if we looked at Joshua and Moses' personalities, there's no similarities there. (laughs) They're not the same. But yet they had jobs from God to take people to a place. So it's not the personality that you're looking at. A lot of times people end up rebelling against God's instruction because they saw the last person that did it. And they think, well, I'm not like them. I can't do it like them. So therefore, you know, I can't say yes to God. Well, that's right there is a problem. You have a vision problem. You have a spiritual vision problem that needs to be solved. Now, I was thinking today with Signature Worship, right? The Lord told me to name the team Signature Worship. When I named it Signature Worship, all the flakes fell off. And we got the core left. (laughs) It's a very nice way of putting it. But... (laughs) um, And, and so God says, I'm putting an anointing on signature worship, the team, the name signature worship and the team. So it doesn't matter who is doing it. If it's coming under the name signature worship, the anointing for signature worship will be there. This is how God keeps us humble. So we don't come off on our own and, and think we're going to do everything, you know, oh, we, it's us. We're the reason. no. It's signature worship. So I was thinking today how awesome worship was. Wasn't it awesome? And I was like, that's what we do. It's signature worship. It doesn't matter if I'm leading worship or if the team is doing It's still signature worship. Amen? And that's what we want to be when we're operating in God's anointing. We have to show it's God's anointing. Now, it's our personality, it's our style, it's our flavor. When I lead worship, it's a different flavor and style because I'm the one leading it. But the anointing should be the same. This is my point. The results should be the same. The presence of God should come in. Now, when I lead worship, I don't just lead with the signature worship anointing. I also have the prophetic that gets activated sometimes. And I'll start speaking stuff out and praying stuff out. That's my personal anointing on me that gets activated as God needs it to be. Amen? So this is how we operate in the anointing of God for our lives. So let's take it to your workplace. Let's take it to your homes. What would it look like there? See, the... the the error that may be happening in life may be that you expect your anointing to only work in church or around Christian people. But the anointing is designed to destroy yokes and bondages. Who do you think have the most yokes and bondages to the wrong places? Is the unbeliever, right? Or even are the um, social churchgoers, right? And you're there with them. And God would like to reach them. And he wants to reach them with a power. And a, a, woo. He doesn't want to be like, I just have something I would like to tell you. And I'm not perfect. But, like, you start, who, which which high-level salesperson have you ever seen do a sales pitch like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They want to sell commercial property to, like, somebody up there. And they go, well, you know, I'm not the best. <laughs> the person's like, excuse me, then leave. I, li- I only talk to the best. <laughs> do you see this? But somehow in the church, we've equated uh, humility with stupidity. If you came and pitched me to spend millions of dollars and you're like, well, you know, I'm not the best. There are better than me. I'd say, "Okay, thank you for letting me know what's their name. (laughs) Give me their name. (laughs) And that's who I want to talk to. Right. You have to be confident in your relationship with God as you operate in his anointing. We have this uh, mythical behavior, this mythic, this lie that we believe Christians can believe that, you know, uh, I don't have to do anything. The anointing will take over. Well, here's what you do have to do. You have to be confident in your relationship with God. You have to know that it's God's anointing you're operating in. You have to listen to his voice to follow his instruction. You cannot be afraid of man. You cannot be afraid of where you are. You can't think you're the lowest level there. You have to see yourself as the head and not the tail. And the reason you can be the head and not the tail is because you obey the voice of God. This is what Deuteronomy 28 says. If you obey Then these things will happen. If you don't obey, then these curses will come upon you. It's not God cursing you. It's you deciding, I will just accept the curse. Thank you. It's too much work to obey. (laughs) You see? So the anointing of God is designed to destroy yokes and bondages and set people free. Wherever you go, people should be set free from something. They, they have to be set free from something. If you're operating in the anointing of God, any of the anointing, you could become the best graphic designer and have freedom come with your designs. If you do it with the anointing, it has in it the ability to set people free. You see? Are you with me? Everybody's staring at me a little bit weird. Uh, This is the final operation. I was saying I do the surgeries. You know, Pastor Doug's coming with the uh, recovery room. It's all right. Wednesday, Wednesday night, he'll come, you know, make sure, give the meds, whatever they do in the recovery room. It's not too bad, though. You're used to it now. Okay. All right. Now, Now, let me point this out about Mary. Mary was anointed to carry Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon her. That's in Luke 1.35. Because she, she asked, how's this going to happen? You know, you can ask God, tell me what's going to happen. How's it going to happen? Not in like, how is this going to happen? I don't think so. <laughs> Zachariah, we're too old. <sighs> but you've been praying for this. It doesn't matter. You took too long. <laughs> We're too old. <laughs> okay. First, uh, Luke 1.35. Then the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud, and so the holy, pure, sin- sinless thing offspring, which shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. Mary was anointed to be the mother of Jesus. She was not anointed to be worshipped. She was anointed to be the mother of Jesus. She was anointed to carry the one that would be worshipped. Amen. Our anointing is not so we can be worshipped. Our anointing is to present the one that is to be worshipped. Yes. Amen? When people's yokes and bondages get destroyed because of the anointing in our life, they are destroyed so the people are free to worship God. Not to worship us, but to worship God. Amen? Amen? And if you keep that right in your mindset and keep it right in your heart, you also wouldn't be mean to people when they're trying to tell you something kind and nice about what you're doing. You'd be like, "Oh no, 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 don't say that, don't say that. No, you have a pride issue because you don't want, because if a compliment comes to you, you're afraid you're going to get puffed up. Well, right there is a problem. If somebody criticizes you or compliments you should not change what you're going to do with the anointing. This is this is these are the decisions you have to make yourself. Right. God can't make that decision for you. It's a personal decision towards him. So so all my life I've been criticized and complimented. I smile at both and I accept, you know, I'm like, okay, thank you for the feedback. With a C. But it's feedback, okay. <laughs> and thank you for the compliment, because that's, it's a precious thing to come tell me something, because some people, you know, that took a lot to say that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so you are gracious with both, but it doesn't change how you operate. It doesn't change why you do it. This, the problem with Saul was, he came from nothing, and when he started being something, he started pleasing the people, thinking they're the ones that are going to keep it going. It's not them! it's God so this is why in your workplace if God tells you to do something don't be afraid of the people be concerned about getting it right listening to what God is saying so that you can get it right and God is the one who will lift you up and he lifts us up so he can show higher when I would do exploits in the in the jobs I've had in in the secular world The number one shocking thing for everybody would be, "You mean the preacher's wife?" (laughs) I don't know. Somehow, preacher's wife should be dumb or something. I don't know. (laughs) But but, and then I would hear, "Well, you you don't look like a preacher's wife." Well, that's I think a compliment. I don't know. What do you think a preacher's wife should look like? (laughs) And you don't talk like a preacher's wife. Well. What language do they speak? (laughs) You know? Because it's like they expect you to be a mouse and to look terrible, I guess, and to never talk back. But I think that was my stealth move that the devil didn't plan on. Right? But whenever I spoke and I did something, it broke things open. It changed policies. It changed uh, production lines. It changed how they, I went to one of the businesses I worked for when we first moved to Pennsylvania. They, uh, they're no longer a business. I left them because I saw how they treated women. I'm not a feminist, but I saw all the women were there 25 years and in the same position. And I applied for a higher position that were mainly men. And when I applied for it, they were going to pay me $55 extra a week to travel three times more and be in charge of like five times more things. And I said, "No, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> this is my salary requirement." And my male boss didn't want to take it to them. I said, "Well, either you take it or I take it, but somebody's going to take it." And I took it to them and they were saying, "Well, you know, you're new here, da da da." I said, "Well, I just need to know what your feedback is." So when they said no, I said, "Okay, goodbye." and that the best decision I made after I left it was about 6 months to a year the entire operation shut down that plant that specific plant shut down and they were the plant that was doing the futuristic stuff that would be relevant today they shut down you don't mess with God's people you just don't do it they didn't know that apparently cuz they you know they were in the good old whatever but you don't I don't I don't fight you back I know That if you can't accept what I do and pay me for it, (laughs) then I'll go somewhere else. If God had told me to stay, I would have stayed. He didn't tell me to stay. He opened my eyes to see what was happening. And there was a whole bunch of injustice happening. And God took care of business. You see what I'm saying? Right now I'm praying concerning a company that I was 23 years old, a month before I was getting married, they let me go and they told me that my position was no longer um, available. They bought out their competitor, right? So when they bought their competitor, they had to absorb a lot of those executives. So I was the lowest level in the department. I was newer, I was the newest person. I brought in the most money for that department within being there for three, four months, right? So I knew it was unjust. My boss knew it was unjust. He was arguing in uh, the Belgium language, Afrikaans, because he was speaking to the South Africa president. So they were arguing Afrikaans for like an hour and yelling and screaming at each other. I mean, like, whoa, and everybody's like, what is going on? He was trying to fight for me to keep my job (laughs) because I brought in more money than anybody (laughs) ever. (laughs) And what happened is um, I discovered as soon as I left my desk, a a Middle Eastern man that was a higher position. It's his line of positions that was being wiped out. My level was never going to be touched, but he negotiated for my job. So I was 23. I didn't know what I know today. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. You know, blah, blah, blah. So the Lord brought it to my attention recently when I was praying in tongues to start calling all the back pay from that company as if i had worked for them for 26 years now at a master's degree level and the longer they take it'll be at a doctor's degree level you understand so i'm calling it in because that's what the instruction of the lord was so i'm expecting however that works that's how it'll work right but the thing is i didn't do it out of vengeance and revenge and i can't believe they did this to me and blah, blah, blah. no i just let it go And the guy at the exit interview, he said, is there anything that you would like to tell us to improve our process? I I looked at him. I said, excuse me. (laughs) I was so upset. I was crying. So I couldn't speak much. Right. I was like, no, no. But I was thinking to myself, you want me to give you gold deposits of my wisdom while you're doing this? I don't think so. So, yeah. And then a month later, we got married. But that was jobless two jobless people getting married here we are today praise God (laughs) somebody called my husband in the office to say to him I just want to let you know before you marry her the devil doesn't like to call my name he always calls me her I'm sure he'd like to call me something else too but uh before you marry her I just want you to know that your life is going to be difficult because she is not white and people are going to be prejudiced against you. It's just what's going to happen. So he wanted to talk to Doug alone, you know. So when Doug comes back, I said to him, oh, I thought, you know, this pastor is going to give him godly wisdom of how to be a husband and, like, encourage him, right? And this was a pastor that was not from our church or anything. He was a teacher at the school, and he just happened to know Doug. So I said to Doug, so what did he say? And Doug <laughs> won't tell me at first because, I mean, think about it, you know. And he said, well, he was just kind of, uh saying, uh, ah, uh, what did he say? <laughs> well, he was just concerned and giving me some caution that because you're not white, people might. I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> that is not going to be spoken over our marriage. And nobody gets to do that because I don't think that way. And you don't think that way. Nobody gets to tell us to think that way. But see, if I didn't ask. And if he didn't say it out, that was a seed that was planted. So every time somebody would reject us as a couple, the thought would be, oh. I was like, no, no, never is that happening. Do you see? So again, the reason I told you that story, because the anointing of God in you will catch the thief every time. It will catch the thief. And don't take it lightly. Arrest the thief when you find him. And the way we do these things is with our mouths. If you can bind yourself up with your mouth by complaining, by grumbling, is that what the children of Israel did? They bound themselves to another 40 years in wilderness living with their mouth. They didn't even beat up Moses. They didn't beat up the leaders. They They didn't beat up Joshua and Caleb. They didn't beat up Moses. What did they do? They spoke against them. And God called it a wicked report then they had further rebellion when they were trying to go fight after they felt bad about it they said okay Moses we'll go we'll go and he said no don't go there's a season there's a timing you missed it no but they insisted and what happened they got whooped (laughs) rebellion when they were doing those actions now it was being done in witchcraft you see so The only way to operate in supernatural spiritual things is to operate with the anointing or the Spirit of God. Anything else is witchcraft. It's not God. Don't even think of it as natural. Because that can lead to witchcraft. You are susceptible to operating in witchcraft when you just go by your natural strength and your natural ability. It's the anointing of God that makes us different. When we operate. So just like, uh, uh-huh, I'm out of time. Well, <laughs> we got to, uh, we got almost to the end. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I, I have to tell you about Jesus. Jesus was anointed, right? So you can go read that, uh, Acts 10:38. I'll read it for you. <laughs> How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth. Right? With the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good. In particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. Then Luke ten nineteen, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical. So here's my point. Jesus was anointed. We need to be anointed. And when Jesus won the battle against the devil, the anointing gets to come inside of us, the Holy Spirit, that can be activated at his will. But his will can't work if our will says no. And the way our will has a blanket no is when we always think that we're not able to do this. We're not capable of doing that. I'm not confident enough that this will work. I don't know what's going to happen. That's a blanket no. So God has to come ask you every time, could you do this for me? And then he has to wait your five-day prayer fasting session. (laughs) And then he's got to wait till you ask five elders and two bystanders and watch for some, um, what do you call them, sign, you know, uh, will it rain on the mat? Will it rain on the porch? Is it going to fill the cup? Is the water going to turn blue? Is it, do you see? <laughs> you need to get in relationship with God where it's a yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Tell me more. I missed that. Somebody was speaking. I was thinking, when you disobey an instruction from God, there should be two, there's two ways. One is you didn't hear it just from didn't hearing it. Okay. And the second deadly one, the one you don't want to do, is you heard it and you rejected it. That's rebellion. Rebellion is not that you you didn't hear it so you didn't do it. That's not rebellion. That's You need to clean your ears out. But but the the, the bad one is when you heard it clearly and the reason you rejected it is because you heard what it was. So you can't say I didn't know because you did hear what it was. That is what you're rejecting. You see? So when you reject, you are in the pride zone with witchcraft. Isn't that a great sermon? Wouldn't you want to know this, though? Wouldn't you want to know? Do you tell your children this? You teach your children this pattern. You show them what the devil does. You show them what happens. You show them how he distracts you. You show them how. I mean, I when Gabriel went out to Tulsa, I was like, hey, listen, fella. I don't care if you're in God's country or who country you're in. <laughs> Wolves go to sheep places. Wolves don't look for food with the lions. He's looking for sheep. And you got to know which one has sheep clothing. And if you can't take care of it, mama wolf is coming. <laughs> but We're not going to mess up our family line because of stupidity. (laughs) Ignorance isn't going to run this family. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, there was distractions that came in because friends came in, you know, these poor kids. I said, listen to me. If he can't get out of bed, he's getting taught the same thing you're getting. He's in the same school you're in. He's actually older than you, and he can't get out of bed to go to class. This is a major problem. It's not your problem. (laughs) But the compassion gift in my son was being pulled in the wrong direction. And that's where you gotta simmer it down and say, Let's see how this works. <laughs> You're in training, I understand, but we have experience, so we're gonna put the two together. <laughs> Let's see how it works. To the point now where I'm talking to, I'm talking to him about having compassion on somebody. He goes, No, 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 mom, no, no. They need to learn how to style. I was like, Well, look at him. Well, Gee <laughs> Apparently, you have strengthened that muscle in your body. <laughs> uh, so read this. Read Luke 4, 14 to 20. And this is where Jesus read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. So Isaiah 61, here's what I want you to do. You read that Jesus said that about himself. And the power that Jesus received, we have access to in the name of Jesus, right? So you can go take that same scripture and read the same thing. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to do da, 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 da. So whatever anointing God has put in you, it can do those things. Do you see? You need to know what is, how do you know if you did something for God if you don't see results? You got to know if it took. And we only see the surface taking. We don't see the underlying stuff but I got to see something (laughs) I got to hear some feedback to know if the devil was whipped good enough or if I need to go another round (laughs) you see what I'm saying and as you start operating in this it will be better I want you to think of one thing though don't confuse gifting with somebody being anointed your gift doesn't get removed from you but the anointing does Right? So somebody can be really gifted at doing certain things, but the anointing has left them. And if you know that and you allow them to operate in God's business, you are participating in their rebellion. This is why Doug and I, if God says, send, stop this, send them, da da da, cut them off, we do it immediately because we don't know everything. But God sure does. And when he tells us something, we do it. If somebody is rebellious, right there is a problem. (laughs) Right there is a problem. We didn't purchase our position. We didn't get on our hands and knees and beg for it. (laughs) We were sent. We were put in place. And our job is to protect the sheep. So if we find that somebody is operating rebelliously, they are in jeopardy of being used by the devil to infiltrate God's house. And we're standing right there smiling, going, oh, we need to love each other. Yeah, I'm loving the sheep. (laughs) You see? So sometimes if you see something happening and you don't understand, you should ask some questions and don't get offended. Don't get offended on behalf of a rebellious person. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants, he wants to take as many out as he can in one swipe because he only has so many people to work with. And uh, Pastor Doug and I are better at it now. We're really good at it now. We, we know how to cut it off. Amen? And uh, that's what our job is, and we do it well. Everybody okay? I feel like it's really warm in here, and everybody's falling asleep. <laughs> So Pastor Doug is coming back on Wednesday. Amen. We're happy, happy, happy. I'm happy. Very happy. <laughs> 21 days without my husband. That's a long time, people. <laughs> and um, we will have service on Wednesday, of course, and we have service again on Sunday. But I encourage you to bring. Let's stand together. Let's see what the Holy Spirit wants. To do you want to play something? I don't know what you want to play. <laughs> It's your anointing. Work with it. <laughs> the anointing God put on your life. But listen, um, let's let's keep the live going for anybody watching. Did we already go offline? Are we good? Okay, good. Um, let's just pray in the Holy Spirit. But I feel like it's kinda of going back to the first message I preach about the stale air. and to stir up the stale air, you know. Uh, I feel like if you if you feel like you missed something and you you need to get back on track, and you want the anointing of God to be reactivated in case you kind of laid it down, Um, that's the altar call. So, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, Um, that's the altar call. If you're head of household, you need wisdom for your house. You need to know what one word will activate a, a, a house that's like solid. If you have kids and grandkids, you need to know What word to speak down your family line to secure it in the kingdom of God, right? So all these things, if you need Jesus, come up here. We know him. We'll introduce you to him. Your life will never be the same. If you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, that's another thing. Come on up and uh, receive from the Holy Spirit, okay? Thank you, Jesus. We worship you in this place. Receive. There it is. Receive, receive, receive. The anointing that destroys
4: yokes and bondages sets captives free.
3: Oh, namaste. I speak destruction to the yoke that came when you had a cast from head to toe. In the name of Jesus, I see you in a bed with a cast on from head to toe up in the air and there was a yoke there and I destroy it with the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. We speak that it is loosed off of your life. In the name of Jesus, every word that was planted is uprooted. The tree of that is uprooted in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing destroy those yokes and that bondage in Jesus'
4: name.
3: Thank you, Lord, for your healing power that comes only from you. No one else has it. No one else is holding back freedom. No one else is holding back healing. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. It comes from the stripes on Jesus' back. It's already been paid for. We speak delivery of that package in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All of the fear associated with pain goes in Jesus' name. Who roboshii? Hanama soho roboshii kalabase. Ika babassa tadabashede besi kalamado boshi Inama soho tadabasa. Kilabako ho we destroy all the plans of the enemy that has been set up like a building structure with bamboo, bamboo sticks. <laughs> it all comes crashing down and Father I speak an activation of the anointing for the head of household over him right now open his eyes open his mind renew his mind miraculously Father every cell that's been destroyed by sin is rejuvenated back to life with the truth and the life of God in the name of Jesus Jesus we break
4: and destroy the plans of the enemy over this life. In Jesus' name. Every string that's been attached is cut off. And, and the, the stitching, the stitching where it's been embedded in the flesh,
3: is removed, and that spot is healed like nothing ever happened, like what happened to Adam when the rib was taken out. He, he didn't have a scar. We
4: stir up like a like a bubbling.
3: Ever-messence, the things locked up in her from you, Father, we release it with the anointing that destroys yokes and bondages and sets people free, that she is
4: free, 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 in Jesus' name, Free. Let her have the freedom of her mother
3: that's
4: in heaven. Right here on earth, let her have
3: that freedom,
4: that level of freedom. Healing, healing, healing. No more regrets. The family line is cleansed
3: and robust. The impurity is the regret. Remove the regret so that the purity can come. There it is. There's the anointing. Thank you, Father, for your anointing oil. sparkling blood sparkling blood the blood of Jesus thank you Father I speak that the anointing destroys Yokes of bondage gives her fields of joy, fields of joy,
4: fields of joy with palm branches of excitement. Oh, we thank you. Father. Hello? Do you know Jesus as your
2: Savior? Do yes. you receive Him as your Savior? You pray the prayer. Alright. And
4: you, you want me
5: to pray for him for Okay.
3: So, Father, I'm going to put my hand on your head. Is that okay? Father, I pray for Quinn right now in Jesus' name. You heard his heart. That he would have a good life. Lord, I just pray and activate the anointing that you have stored up for him. Thank you, Father, for filling him all the way full. Let him be a light in darkness. Let his first mission be evangelism. With authority and power, things he doesn't even know, will come to him and it will be delivered completely. And it cannot be rejected. Let that anointing come upon him right now in
4: the name
3: of Jesus.
4: Yes, there it is. Fill it, Holy Spirit. Fill it
3: to the full. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We speak an increase of the anointing for what he's already doing, Father. Increase it more and more. Grow more and more. Pure, pure, pure. Every impurity has to leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for him to do more than one person can do, but he does it so easily and so quickly. It is like lightning speed in the
4: name of Jesus. Thank you, Father anything
3: in particular we pray for Levi let the anointing destroy burdens and yokes let him have his childhood like he wants it like you designed for him let him have that childhood that fun, laughter, childhood in Jesus name let's do uh, this is what freedom feels like everybody okay we are praying we're doing god's business Amen. you're part of it thank you father Let me we show you how the analytical mind for the kingdom. Sure and instead of it being used against sure him, it
4: would be used against the enemy powerfully. Sure you and Father, I thank you for the anointing that goes with that. The anointing that let goes with it
2: here. To be activated and surface and resurface and put in place and, and work fast. And, and bring
4: back, restore anything that was lost. Any time I'm free, I'm free. any activity, Father, we destroy him in the Him. And I pray, Father, that There's the anointing of the head of household will come upon him in the name of Jesus. And what you have planned for I'm this family free. will happen in Jesus' name with no there interruption. No limit, in the name of, of Jesus, Lord, sheep amongst the head of his sheep. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this family to reap. The harvest that you
6: have in place for them. Let me show you look freedom, I see supernatural wisdom, like Father, in this household. Things will just click, click, click and fall into place.
4: Everything that was confusing will become very clear. And the anointing will destroy loaves and bondages. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
3: for the opportunity to serve in your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you that you are in this house, that you're in our homes, individually, in our workplaces, that you are in our lives. And Father, I I pray over, uh, as a church, we collectively pray over the ministries that we have in the schools, that they would exceedingly multiply And that you will bring in the provision, the transportation, the helpers, and the children will be nourished.
4: They will be robust. They will grow strong in their faith and their relationship with you, Father. We speak it over this community in the name of Jesus and over the communities and the towns.
3: by God are put in place of high authority in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this Father.
5: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys everybody.